Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Learn American English with this guy, episode 46, and talking more irregular verbs in English. Talk about catch, choose, drink, dream, and eat. You can't just add an ed with these verbs. <clears throat> Excuse me like to uh, give a shout out to Lee Locks, who left a nice message. Got to chat with him a little bit in a live stream I did for the YouTube channel. Plan on doing that a bit more often. So if you have any questions about English, uh, take a look at the YouTube channel. It's Learn American English with this guy may have heard of it, same name as this podcast. Plan on doing that maybe again tomorrow, but tonight we had a few people in the chat. Not many, seven, eight, but it was fun. Uh, people were asking questions, most of which I could answer, and felt like I got to know a couple listeners and viewers a little bit better, so that was fun. And that live stream is up for uh, viewing on the channel now, if you would like to see that. Um, that's probably about it before I get into the main part of the episode. Facebook, check that out. A couple new members there. Get to meet a couple new people. It's so hard to talk with listeners for the podcast, through the podcast... But with Facebook and YouTube, it is a lot easier to have a conversation back and forth. So if you haven't joined the Facebook page and you'd like to, we'd love to have you. You haven't subscribed to the channel yet on YouTube, love to have you there too. And if it's not too much trouble and you're listening on Apple Podcasts, if you wouldn't mind rating this podcast just makes it easier for other people to find the podcast but again thank you guys so much i hope wherever you are listening from you are safe and your family is safe and if you are a grammar geek then you will like this episode if you're not a grammar geek don't fear the next one episode 47 will be about the first five presidents of the United States. So thank you so much for listening and enjoy the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to another video. This one is for all you grammar geeks. As you've seen from the title, it's all about irregular verbs and how to form the past tense and the past participle. 
So if you haven't checked out part one, you might want to because I do uh, more of a description in that video on what past tense is and what past participle and how they're different. I also want to thank you for all of your feedback and I'm just starting, you know, to do this whole YouTube thing. I've been teaching for like 20 years, but talking on video about the stuff I know is a lot different than speaking with a classroom of students. So I'm still learning. Thank you for your input. I have received a lot of it. Some people have been saying your videos are too long. So then I make a shorter video and some people are saying your videos are too short. So I guess I'll keep them sort of long and you can always watch them in segments. You can watch them a couple minutes at a time if you'd like, but I do want to give enough examples so people understand. Sometimes I give too many, but I think it's better to give too many than not enough. And I did mention Grammar Geek, which may be new to some people. If you are a geek, it means like you're really passionate about a subject. So Grammar Geek, geek used to be a bad term. Like it was for a person who doesn't play sports and just studies all the time. But geek is kind of cool now. So Grammar Geek, those are people who are very passionate about learning grammar. And I will put some things at the end of the video that I used to put at the beginning, but since you are all here for irregular verbs, I'll let you know if you stick around until the end. And if you are curious, I'm going to talk a little bit about the term fixing to or fixing to. So you might hear that in some songs like country songs or rap songs from the United States. So I'll explain that at the end of the video. But Let's get right into irregular verbs. And the first one I would like to do is catch, catch. So present tense, you can imagine, it's simply gonna be the base, catch. Now the interesting thing about catching in English, you can catch a ball, you can actually catch a cold, which is like the sniffles, you can catch that. You, Coronavirus, I would love to not talk about that for a video, but it is on everyone's mind, I'm sure. But you can catch the coronavirus that's contagious. I mentioned that in some of the videos before about that 101-year-old man. So you can catch a ball. You can catch a virus. You can catch a fish. And maybe this is best for another video, but you can also catch up on work. Like if you are behind in your job or you're behind in your studies, you can say, I need to get caught up, meaning you will eventually reach where everyone else is in the class if you are behind. So I can start off with a pretty simple sentence like, I catch the ball. Pretty simple. It's in present tense. You're catching the ball. But I can make it a little bit more complicated by adding a series of prepositional phrases at the end. And I know prepositional phrases is a video I keep saying I'm going to do. I'm nervous though, I'm nervous. Prepositional phrases is a big thing. But watch how I can make a very simple sentence, like I catch the ball, a little more complicated by simply adding prepositional phrases at the end. And that's also gonna give the listener 
more of an understanding about what is going on while you are catching that ball. So I made one up. I catch the ball from my friend. So it gives a little bit more detail. The friend has passed you that ball. How about this? I catch the ball from my friend at the park in the afternoon on the field. So I think I strung together about four or five prepositional phrases there. And you can keep on just adding prepositional phrases. They do not need a comma anywhere there, as long as you are putting a prepositional phrase at the end. If you choose to put it at the beginning of your sentence, and I have mentioned this before, but you probably can't hear it enough, let me put a prepositional phrase at the beginning of that sentence. How about, on the field, I caught the ball. That's the past tense, I caught, it has already happened. But since you put the prepositional phrase before the subject, the I, which is the thing that's doing the action in the sentence, on the field, I caught the ball, you do need to have a comma after that prepositional phrase. And to be honest, you can put pretty much as many prepositional phrases you want to at the end of a sentence. At least you can put more than at the beginning. You can really only get away with putting like one at the beginning of the sentence because then your sentence sounds super awkward. So I'll do that same sentence, but put a lot of the prepositional phrases at the beginning. So at the park with my friend in the afternoon on the field, I caught the ball. It doesn't sound right. It's like the listeners, okay, okay. So what's happening? What's actually happening? So be careful. Put one at the beginning with my friend, I caught the ball. And that's probably not the best one. I caught the ball with my friend. Sounds much better. But in the afternoon, comma, I caught the ball. That works. So let's do one more thing with commas and things at the beginning of a sentence. So I could say this sentence, past tense of catch, caught. I caught a cold yesterday. Caught a cold yesterday. It's an action, happened once, it's done. Yesterday at the end of the sentence, doesn't need a comma. You can put at the beginning, if you would like, yesterday, comma, I caught a cold. Both sentences are equal. They mean the same thing. It's just how you choose to say it. So let's talk about past participle. And you form that by using the helping verb to have, to have. So it's I have, you have, she has, he has, we have, they have. So how about this sentence? She has caught a fish at the river. And notice there's a prepositional phrase at the end of that sentence, at the river. She has caught a fish at the river. I have caught a fish at the river. And the interesting thing about fish is that you have one fish, we have two fish, we have three fish. I know in English, most of the time, we're putting an S or an ES at the end to show more than one. Not with fish, though. One fish, two fish, three fish. Strange. Just like mouse. I have one mouse. I have two mice. Don't ask. I'm not sure why. All right. 
the next one. This is a tough one, I think. As far as spelling goes, this is a tough one because you have choose, which is the present tense form. Choose. It has two O's. And I often have to think about this when I'm writing it. I have to say it out loud sometimes, or at least in my head. I choose present tense. I chose past tense. One O. I chose. And if you, I think everybody knows the definition. If you're watching this, you know these definitions. Like choose to pick. That's not the hard part. It's forming the past tense and past participle of these irregular verbs. So if I'm not explaining what each one means, it's because I think you already know. I'm sure most of the people watching this are pretty advanced English learners, or at least medium English learners. And then for the past participle, it is have chosen. So choose, chose, have chosen. Let's take a look at some sentences with this verb. Couple basic ones in present tense. I choose you to go first. Maybe it's a teacher and they're walking down to lunch. I choose you, you can go first. Or I choose to be kind. You can be all kinds of emotions, right? You can be angry, you can be happy. I choose to be kind. So let's talk about one event that has happened in the past. The sentence I came up with for this one is, I chose to eat dinner before doing my homework. Past tense, pretty simple. I have chosen to go on a walk instead of studying. So that's the past participle. You had a couple different choices. This person has chosen to go on a walk instead of studying. Yesterday, my goal was to make three videos in one day. I knew it would be kind of hard, but just sitting around kind of doing nothing. But my daughter asked me to go on a walk in the afternoon, and it was kind of nice. So I'm like, if your 14-year-old daughter asks you as a dad to go on a walk, you go on the walk. So I only made two videos yesterday, but maybe I'll make three today. Maybe I'll make four tomorrow. I don't know. What are we doing? We're just kind of sitting around in our house, right? Most of us, hopefully you are sitting around in your house, unless you have to work, unless you're a healthcare provider, doctor, nurse. If you are, thank you so much. Thank you. You guys are the new soldiers of this war. You really are. If you are doctor, nurse, you are providing healthcare to anybody, thank you guys. Huge job, so important, such an important job. So for this next one, I'm still gonna use the past participle, but I'm also gonna talk about when you put a comma in the middle of your sentence. And I teach 12 and 13 year old native speakers they have trouble with this, so don't feel too badly. The first sentence, I have chosen to turn off the TV and forget about what is going on in the world. So that's a pretty long sentence. I hope I have enough room to write that over here, but it does not require a comma because the subject, I, I'm doing two actions in that sentence, but because the subject is doing both of the actions, you don't need a comma for that and. Now, I'll change that here. I have chosen to wash the dishes and he will dry them. So in that sentence, you do need a comma with the and, with the conjunction, 
that's the fancy word for it, conjunctions um, bind or tie two complete sentences together. But if you do that with a, an and, or, a but, so and, or, but, those are the most common conjunctions. Sometimes you need a comma, sometimes you don't. And that last sentence, you do, because you have the I that's doing something, they are washing the dishes, they have chosen to wash the dishes, and then you have the he that is doing something else. So for that sentence, as you'll see, I'll put it right up here, got a lot of room to write, learning that, making videos too, like I need, oh, my head's a little high, I need like, I need a lot of room here to write these sentences. So I will write that, and a comma is needed there because you have two different subjects doing two different things. Number three, it looks like it's gonna be another long video. To you who don't like long videos, I apologize. To you who do, hey, I'm doing it again, long video. Number three is dream, dream. And if you remember a very famous speech from Dr. Martin Luther King, he once said, I have a dream. That is used as a noun. So dream can be used as a noun, like I have a dream, I had a dream, or it can be used as a verb, which means like I dream of unicorns. Present tense, I dream of unicorns. That's the action, you are dreaming. You could say, I had a dream about unicorns, but then you got that helping verb there, have. So you had a dream. Dream is a noun in that case. And the present tense sentence that I came up with for dream is, I dream of a day when the virus is finally defeated. We finally get rid of this thing. When's it gonna be? July? I'm making this in March right now. July, June, end of May, depending on where you live, certainly. Um, the past tense for dream is dreamt. Don't know why it's not dreamed. It's not, it sounds a little weird to me. It's dreamt. We put a D at the end. So here's my sentence for past tense. Last night, I dreamt of going back to school. Dreamt, dreamt. Last night, it happened. Last night. And because I have last night at the beginning, I do need a comma before the subject, I. All right, for this last one for dreamed, have dreamt, past participle, and I will start with a prepositional phrase. For the last week, I have dreamt about unicorns. It's a nice thing to dream about, unicorns, kind of magical, unicorns and rainbows maybe. For the last week, I have dreamt of rainbows and unicorns. All right, number four, drink, drink, drank, drunk. And to be honest, I mix this up. When I'm talking to my friends, drink, drank, drunk, drink, drank, have drunk, I often don't. I often don't say drunk for some reason, but this is correct English. So if you want correct English, say drunk. If you just say drank for everything in the past tense, eh, native speakers probably do the same. But if you wanna be all proper, we'll talk about that, okay? So it could be as easy as Joey drinks beer every night. Drinks, present tense. If you remember in the last one, I used Joey and he did drink. He drank too much, he drank too much. You could say that, I just used it in the past tense. Joey drank too much. 
T-O-O much, too much, too much. Rachel drinks milk for breakfast. Present tense, drinks. After Bill ran the marathon, he drank a gallon of water. So a one-time thing, Bill, good American name. My man ran a marathon, but he was pretty thirsty at the end. So he drank an entire gallon of water. And for my past participle here, so something that happens possibly routinely with the chance of happening also in the future, Joey has drunk a lot of beer in his lifetime. So period of time he has drunk, he probably got drunk, and he probably will drink in the future. To, um, and I'm not going over future tense, but really quickly, it's not that bad most of the time. Just use the verb will, will, and then put it in present tense. So Joey will drink again next week. That's future tense. And the last one is eat, eat, which I have been doing more often than usual. Have you guys also? It's like when you're in the house, just sitting around, a little bit bored, I'll go to the snack cabinet and get a snack. So here's my present tense verb for eat. And it is sometimes, comma, sometimes I eat gummy bears for a snack. And I have gummy bears. These are my favorite kind of gummy bears. And my wife knows they're my favorite kind of gummy bears. And when she went to the store a few days ago for our weekly groceries, she got me this big bag, it's three pounds. I don't need all of this, she knows I like it. And I asked her, hey, don't get me any more because I'm gonna eat them all. And I probably will, I'll, I'll have these for lunch. It's not a bad lunch, right? I'm sure it's made with fruit somewhere, maybe. So when you go to college in the United States, they often talk about the freshman 15. The freshman 15. And the idea is when you go to college, most people have meal plans where you just pay one fee for the semester. And you can pretty much eat whenever, whatever you want that's in the cafeteria. So you leave your dorm room, you go eat, you eat a lot. The freshman 15 is when you start college, you're likely to gain 15 pounds because of all the good food. And mom and dad aren't there to say, oh, maybe you've had too much. Also, maybe the alcohol consumption contributes to some of the freshman 15. But I am convinced that as long as you aren't starving for food, see, that's not my problem. We can get food when we go to the store. It may not be exactly what we like, but guess what? Gummy bears, they are available. Your flour and your eggs, maybe not so much. But I'm convinced that there will be this thing called the Corona 15, where you gained 15 pounds just by sitting around your house and eating. And guess what? If we gain the Corona 15, we are very lucky because that means we didn't get sick. So present tense is eat, and you would think the past tense is eated, right? You put an ED on the end, I eated gummy bears yesterday. No, it changes to eight. But guess what? It's not like the number. And I'll flash those two up there. Eight and eight, different. Sound the same, homophones. Sound the same, 
written differently have different meanings. So how about this one for past tense? Last night, I ate pizza for dinner. Last night, comma, I ate pizza for dinner. Happened last night, did it, done, I ate it. Past participle, have ate, right? Doesn't that make sense? No, have eaten, have eaten. So how about for the past month, I have eaten pizza for dinner. If we wanna do the future, and next month, I will eat pizza for dinner. So how about this? They have eaten pizza for dinner. We have eaten pizza for dinner. She has. So it changes a little bit. Just for those two pronouns, he, she, if you're talking about one person, Tony has eaten pizza for dinner. All right, so that's it. That's it for the irregular verbs. You probably know everything you want to now about those irregular verbs. I will do a part three where there are some more verbs that don't follow the common rules. We have a lot of them in English. I'm trying to work through the, the 50. So this is all just bonus at the end if you are curious. And if you have liked anything that you have seen here, please thumbs up. If you haven't subscribed yet, thumbs up, subscribe. What else is there? Oh, comment, comment. If uh, something was unclear, maybe the video wasn't long enough for you, I didn't give you enough examples, leave a comment. I'll get back to you, I can answer every single one. Yesterday, I think there was like 30 new subscribers, which is big for my channel, so thank you to all the new subscribers, thank you to all you old subscribers, thank you so much. But um, on Hello Talk, I got into a conversation with Andrea, 1975, She's from Italy, so maybe she's called Andrea, Andrea, which sounds so much better, right, than the American or the English version. But she was asking about um, a song by The Roots, which is a great, great group. A lot of instrumental stuff. They uh, toured one time with my favorite band, Dave Matthews Band. So, And they are like a late night house band for the Jimmy Fallon show. A house band is just the band that's always there. That's what we call it. If um, a bar or a pub or a club has a house band, it's just the band that's usually there anyway. So the Roots are the house band for the Jimmy Fallon show. But there was one term, um, fixinta, you might hear, or you might hear it a little quicker. That's a thing in the South, and it's pretty common in country music. It's pretty common in like rap music. Um, so fixinta, fixinta, fixinta. It literally means like I am going to or I am about to. So you could say I'm fixing to get some milk out of the fridge. Do you want some? So I'm about to get some milk. Fixinta. And sometimes in music it gets even shortened to maybe it sounds like it might have an N in it or something. Finda, finda. So that means fixing to, which means I am going to. All right, so that's going to do it for today. Thank you all for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.